0: Welcome to Kingdom Builders, where you can learn to live on mission for God. If you want to see more people saved and increase your impact on the Kingdom of God, this is the place for you. Every week, we will have guests who are actively living on mission for God, and you will hear practical advice on how you can become better at sharing Jesus with your world.
1: For joining us for uh, Kingdom Builders today. We have a very special guest, uh, Eric Ortland, who is a lecturer in Old Testament Studies and Biblical Hebrew at Oak Hill College in London. He is the author of Commentaries on Esther and Malachi in the ESV Bible Expositional Commentary Series. And so, uh, thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Matthew. I'm really glad to be here.
1: And so, you wrote this uh, book on a very into- important topic about Uh, the book of Job and this specific uh, idea in the book of Job. And so uh, is God right to run the world in such a way that allows such terrible suffering for one of his most loyal servants? Because I feel like we as Christians would feel like it's kind of wrong for somebody who does all the right things for everything to be taken away from him. I mean, what kind of God is that?
0: Sure, sure. That, that is a really good question in asking it. You're kind of taking us into the heart of the book of Job. And in a certain sense, okay, it, something can something can be unfair without being unjust, without being strictly morally wrong. In a certain sense, it's really unfair of God to do that. If you read what Job says in chapters 29 and 31, he bent over backwards to take care of homeless people and have orphans in his home you know he did everything he could to live out his faith in god in really beautiful ways and then god lets all his kids die in one day like that's not fair now is it right is it right here's the weird thing about the book of job i I think the answer is yes and no basically i'm going to give you kind of a paradoxical answer because i think that's what the book says when god shows up and talks to job god gives job a satisfying answer that makes sense to him And Job, who has criticized God greatly, repents and worships and says, I was so wrong to criticize you. But God doesn't unfold his plans. God doesn't open up a spreadsheet and say, Job, let me show you my moral calculus by which I run the universe. And let me show you and demonstrate to you that what I did was okay." God's answer satisfies Job, but it's not that kind of answer. God God does not put Job in a position where Job can see how God runs the universe and agree with God that God's doing it in the right kind of way. God essentially says, I, I see the problem better than you do. I'm going to take care of it in my own time. That's Now, so in a sense, the book of Job doesn't even answer that. It, it's not a theodicy in the strict sense. God doesn't justify himself to Job, he j- but, he, but he does answer. He gives him a fair answer. So, so in that sense, is it right? Well, in a sense, Job doesn't get an answer for that job goes to his grave never knowing why god let that happen to him he knows god is not his enemy he knows god is his defender and friend but he never but now on the other hand i think what the book of job is saying that is necessary god is sometimes going to have to do that that you cannot have a real relationship with god unless he puts you in a position where you say the only reason i have left to be a christian is god
1: Mm -hmm. because
0: you, you know in chapter two job's wife's Job's wife says to him, why are you still holding on to your integrity? As if to say, what reason do you have to stick with God? He's taken away every earthly reason to be a Christian. And Job hangs on to God for God's sake. And that is the only kind of a relationship with God that's actually a real relationship. So if I can put it this way, inexplicable extreme suffering, unfair suffering, suffering that doesn't make sense in terms of punishment or spiritual improvement, it is occasionally necessary to push us into a real relationship with God himself and not just his gifts. Mm-hmm. And I realize that's not a totally straightforward answer, but the book of Job is is tough. So I think yeah. that's the best I can do.
1: Well, I mean, and, and that's a good point. And, and I feel like if we look back over our lives, though, it's those times of suffering that that we grow the most in like we have access to experience and knowledge that we learn that can only be learned through that experience, you know? And I think that as people, it sometimes we assume, you know, bad is, is, is bad, but I mean, yeah. I like to think about sometimes, you know, you got a, a murderer with a knife and you got a surgeon with a knife. I mean, yeah. surgery is pretty rough stuff cause they're like cutting you open. They're, you know, removing the bad organs, you know, they're doing all this stuff yeah. that, that, I mean, is not comfortable, you know, it's yeah. very painful, but it True. has a purpose. And I think that like you're saying, and like the book of Job says that, you know, in that relationship, you have to trust God as the, the surgeon of life of the heart and the soul that, Hey, you know, this doesn't make sense, but God would not allow this to happen. If if it didn't have a plan and a greater purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that's a really good analogy. And Job, in his limited perspective, kind of says God is the murderer, not the surgeon, you know? Yeah. Right and, by the, right. and by the end, he's saying, oh, no, okay, I got it wrong. Okay. God is not my enemy.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, we all know it's very difficult to look at it from the right perspective when we're in the, midst of it, just like, you know, Job had that issue. But toward the end, like you said, he realized, hey, you know, God knows uh, what he's doing. And so, you know, Job had these friends, you know, all got friends. Uh, Friends. Yeah, some of them, you know, (laughs) their advice is worth a little more than others. But uh, so how can we trust God in the midst of criticism and suffering like how job's friends criticized him during suffering but job decided to trust god how how can we yeah. do that
0: yeah that is a really good question um probably all of us has been on the receiving end of well-intended help from christians that really didn't help it just hurt right, right. and you know probably most of us has done the same thing to other christians we're trying to help them and we just we just really demoralize them you know yes One, there's a lot of different dimensions of that question, Matthew. One thing to remember is that God publicly, unmistakably vindicates Job at the end of the book. In fact, he even says to Job's friends, I am so, it's not explicit, but I think when he says, All right, Job's going to offer sacrifice on your behalf, I think what he's saying is, I am so angry with you, friends. I'm going to take your life away, except Job's going to intercede for you. Right. And therefore, you will be restored into my favor. So, When when God lets something really terrible happen to you and you're thinking, what did I do to deserve this? And other Christians try to help and they just make it worse. Part of how God restores you and a really important message in the book of Job is that Job like ordeals, they're horrible, but they are never permanent. They're never, but God's not going to leave you there forever. There's coming a time where you like Job are going to be able to say down in my bones. I am comforted. I am okay. Okay. I'm okay with what happened. And that's what Job says at the end of the speech. And then part of your restoration is going to be God's going to vindicate you against Christians who uh, maybe they had good, you know, Job's friends had good intentions, but boy, what they said was really wrong and God is really angry with them. So I I don't know if that's exactly what your question is getting at, but it's a helpful thing to remember. And it makes us really cautious as we talk to our Christian brothers and sisters who are suffering. We don't want to assume that we know exactly what God is up to. In the midst of pain, and we don't want to presume too much. I mean, I think the biggest, the first lesson in the Book of Job is just humility and just being willing to say, "I don't understand what's going on in this situation."
1: Right, and 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 that's a that's a good point, you know. And I think the difference that we have to realize is that even though sometimes it's, it's hard to understand what God is saying, our friends have a limited perspective into our heart and soul, you know, um, whereas God has an all seeing perspective, so. Uh, In the book of Job, it took a while for God to respond. So how can we trust God when it seems like it's taken forever for him to speak to us?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's another really good question. I I appreciate the book of Job is absolutely not the kind of thing you would write if you were a false teacher or a religious huckster, making up a religion. You would not write something like this. One of the reasons I respect, I mean, the book of Job, I mean, it's hard to read, but I respect it because it's realistic. Yeah. And when God lets tragedy happen, it's not like the very next morning, everything is instantly going to be okay. The healing is coming, but it takes a while. It takes time. And and Job doesn't get his healing for a long time. So I think, I think the book of Job is saying that that's the normal course of things. You're going to get a, a satisfying resolution to your ordeal, but it won't happen quickly. How do we trust God in the midst of that? I think the book of Job is saying it will come. You won't know when. God keeps his own schedule, but it will come. God himself will be able to comfort you. Almost the last thing Job says is now my eyes sees you. As if to say, now I see who you really are. And I'm completely satisfied with my dead meat. You know, and I had to bury my children. That's about the worst thing that can happen to mm-hmm. me. You know? the, the, the other thing to say about trusting God is that i I've, If someone has a regenerate heart, if they have the new nature, they're going to trust God whether they want to or not. I get the sense more than once that Job is surprised at the stuff coming out of his mouth. And in the same way, God's going to push you beyond what you think you could stand. And I've had other Christians say, "God can kill me. I'm going to to trust Him anyway." Like Job says in chapter thirteen, you know, you will be surprised. By all rights, Job's faith should have failed. He should not have been standing at the end of that ordeal. And God preserve. So how do you trust? Him? God's going to keep you trusting Him, even when it really feels like you think I, I'm not going to make it. I think God preserves Job, and and God doesn't love Job more than He loves you. Yeah, He has the same wonderful answer and resolution waiting for you at some point in the future, and He's going to preserve you along the way, in spite of some of the foolish things you might say along the way.
1: Well, and that, and that's a good point, and and I think that. Um... We all deal with these ter- these situations better when we realize that there's something better coming. I think we tend to yeah. freak out and get depressed when we think, okay, this is the end of my story and God hasn't re- swooped in to save me. But yeah. we would look at it and say, hey, this, this is just a temporary thing, you know, and there's something better coming, like you said, that with God, there, that's always the case, you know. Um, and so that can give us, definitely give us some, some hope there. And um, yeah. so, so you, uh, you point out that Job was comforted by God's response on the behemoth and the Leviathan. Why was that? And how can that help us as we struggle in life?
0: sure sure so that's kind of the whole point of the book right and i i am not very happy with a lot of commentaries on job yeah, because they say behemoth is a hippopotamus leviathan is crocodile and i understand why people would say that because the the descriptions kind of sound like that but but first of all if you look at the old testament in an ancient semitic context in a cultural context that that answer does not make a whole lot of sense leviathan gets talked about elsewhere in the old testament Elsewhere in ancient Semitic literature, and it's not a crocodile, right? It's a big, it's a big spooky monster out there that a god needs to defeat. Yeah, and if you te- just give it the same meaning in Job, what God is saying to Job and why Job responds so well makes a whole lot more sense. He's saying to Job, "Job, you you have this dim, vague sense of this this writhing, scary, sinister power out there. Your name for it is Leviathan. You have a dim sense. I see the monster up close. I can describe him." feature by feature. And you know his name, but you've never seen him up close. I, and that's God's way of saying to Job, I see the chaos at loose in my world better than you do. I see it up close. And he, when he says in chapter 41, can you fill his side with, you know, fishing spears? Could you put a hook in his nose? He's saying, Job, if you, if you even touch Leviathan, you would be terrified. Your knees would be knocking. It'd be the experience of a lifetime. There's no way you could subdue that monster. And God is saying to Job, I I keep Leviathan on a tight lead, and I'm going to kill it one day. I'm going to get out my sword and destroy. I'm going to scour every bit of evil and chaos and darkness from my creation. Now, in, in a sense, that's not a justification of himself. God is not apologizing to Job. He's not saying, he's not explaining his reasons for allowing Leviathan, you know. But he's saying, I see the problem better than you do. I tolerate it for now. I won't forever. Will you trust me in that? And for Job, that's enough. For Job, that because he sees the person I was criticizing as my enemy is actually my biggest defender. He's going to battle against a power that I can't even imagine. I mean, I mean, Matthew, part of the message of the book of Job is we think we have some idea of how bad the world is. God is the only person who sees how broken creation is. And right. that horrible, sinister, dragon-like power that we know from the New Testament is named Satan man, if we could see him up close, it would terrify us. And God is the one person who sees, who who sees that. And he's going, he's, he's going to destroy the devil one day and he's going to do it through us. So that, that, that opens up just a whole new world for how we look at, for for, for how we look at everything. Um, It's almost kind of flattering. The devil takes us so seriously. It's scary that he's, it, and you and I are caught up in a bigger spiritual battle than we realize. It's not just God being um, asleep at the wheel. Actually, God, there's a cosmic battle that we have been caught up in, and the stakes are. And all we have to do to win is just stay faithful to God and not give up on Him.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. That,
0: that, that's what i that, I think that's what's going on with the Behemoth and Leviathan. For for an ancient Israelite, what that would have communicated was not a tip on a crocodile. It would have been cosmic chaos and supernatural evil. Mm-hmm. Um, And God is in describing it. He's saying, I am well aware of what's wrong with my world. And I'm going, he talks about a sword with Leviathan and, you know, all the stuff you'd use to capture a sea monster, you know, spears and, and hooks and all that stuff to say, I control the monster. And I'm going to kill it one day.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that, that's a great, that's a great point, you know, um, that. God, God is in control, and He's the one who can conquer, you know, over evil and 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 wickedness. I mean, because even though you look at the Book of Job it, and all the stuff that God allowed the enemy to bring on Job, you know, Job yeah. lived through it. You know, God put, you know, a, a leash per se on the enemy, say you can only go exactly this far. And I mean, exactly. like, really, that really should comfort us that God is is over everything you know exactly and that, that he has that control and he is greater and I think that oftentimes what happens is in the middle of it we want to we want to panic because we feel like that you know God's not with us and so then we try to handle it on our own and then the monster mm-hmm. kind of overtakes us and so mm-hmm. if we would remember in that moment like what you're saying to to be faithful to just continue down those steps one step at a time, one day at a time, then mm. uh, God will uh, come through and and sustain us. You know, and mm. uh, like sometimes He doesn't give us a, a rescue; He just gives us the strength to deal with what we're going through mm. in that day and provide mm. for us. And so that's that's really yep. good.
0: Um, so Matthew, just just to clarify, when I talk about being faithful to God, I think God sets the bar really low in Job. All He wants Job is not to give up on. His relationship with God. Just keep, just stay a Christian. If you, if someone listening to this is going through a job like ordeal, all God wants from you is just don't give up on Him. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. You do not have. It is okay if you lose your temper. It is okay if you break down, sobbing your eyes out, and you say some things where it's like, "Oh, okay, maybe I wasn't quite in my." Room. God will not clobber you for that stuff. Just don't give up on Him. That's all God wants from you. And just wait. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and, and that's a good point. You know, it goes back to that saying. You know, he won't. Uh, what do you call it? Break a bruised reed. That scripture mm-hmm. about the bruised reed. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I mean, you see that theme all throughout Scripture. I mean, people who are who are broken, God's not in the business of beating beating them down any further. Yes. You know, it's the prideful mm-hmm. people that that He does that to. You know, and so that is the beautiful thing about God. You read some of the the Psalms. They're they're pretty upfront with God, you know. I mean, they say some things about their enemies and and God and that sort of thing that maybe we would not voice in our prayers. But I think it's because, uh, like you said, God knows that we're His children, and 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 He can take it. You know, He can deal with yeah. it kind of like a child. You know, when your toddler talks the smack back to you, don't just say, <laughs> "Okay, I'm gonna throw you through the window." I'm getting yeah. rid of you, mailing you back to China. Like we don't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, God exactly. so you're right. God, He doesn't do the same thing, and and He's in the business of redemption. So that's um that's that's very good. And so uh the last question here is uh how do the behemoth and Leviathan encourage us to believe in God's defeat of evil? Because hmm. currently it's like sometimes we feel like evil's winning today.
0: Yeah. 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 It's a really good question. Here's how I think of it. I don't think this literally happened, but imaginatively, here's how I think of it. So Leviathan is this big, scary, serpentine monster in the sea, which is Old Testament language for Satan and hell and evil, right. you know, and Job doesn't quite have all that language in categories yet, but, but across the Bible, we, we know what it means. And God finally comes to Job, and, and imaginatively, I like to think that God points He directs Job's gaze out over the ocean. He says, Job, I want to show you something. And the water starts to bubble. And this massive, monstrous, like, giant squid-like thing rises to the surface at the command of God. And and God says, now, Job, do you see those those tentacles, those claws, fiery breathing, the scales, the height? Wow. Look at that. Look at that. I cannot wait for the day I unsheath my sword and go to battle against that monster. And then he stops talking and Job worship. So, so what does that communicate to Job? How can that encourage us and help us to trust God in the midst of it? It shows us God is utterly unintimidated. He is completely unimpressed. Matthew, if we there's one person who knows how much suffering is going on in the world right now. And that's the creator of the world. <laughs> right. And if we could see the amount of suffering just going on in our own city, it would probably just utterly overwhelm us. God looks at that And without at all being, uh, and he sees the dark, sinister power behind it all. Or at least behind a lot of it. Not all sufferings because of the devil. But but this is a theme in the Bible, that God is, it's warfare against rebellious, angelic powers. That shows up in other books of the Bible. I think it's there in Job. And it's a battle that would utterly overwhelm us. God is just so relaxed and calm. And in describing how terrifying Leviathan is, That shows that God is just so utterly, absolutely in control of the monster. (laughs) It's easy for him. It is easy for him to do that. And he uses, he starts talking about weapons. He talks about a sword with behemoth and spears with Leviathan. And everywhere else in the Bible, Leviathan, well, Psalm 104 is an example. But almost everywhere else, it's about the monster being defeated. So so I, I don't really know what a good analogy is. But it's showing God's effortless sovereignty and effortless victory. I mean, Matthew, that I I think this means that at the end of all time, in the resurrection, we're going to get to see the devil for who he really is, and we're going to get ready at whose war on our behalf against spiritual forces we can barely even imagine, and we're going to get to see it up close, and we're going to get to see that effortless. In Job twenty-six, it says he pierces the fleeing serpent. It's kind of similar language and imagery. You get this dragon in the sea, but there's not even a fight. God and the devil don't even fight. The devil just runs away. That, that, that's all he does. That's all he contributes to the conflict. So so the, 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 the long description of Leviathan convinces us of God's effortless control of the monster and that defeating is going to be the easiest thing ever, and we're going to get to see it.
1: Well, I think that's a, uh, that's a good point. You know, I, I think a good way to think about it is... There's a there's a difference between winning a battle and winning a war, you know. And I think sometimes when we deal with with sin and the brokenness in our life, we feel like that that's the devil winning the war. When in reality, mm. God has already won the war. He's already conquered death, you know. Mm. And and but so I, I think sometimes like if you ever killed a rattlesnake, you know, mm. run over a rattlesnake like. It, it dies, but after it dies, it, those nerves and all of the muscles exactly. in our body contract, and it looks like it's alive, but it's really dead. You know, its power is gone. And, and I think yeah. that the same thing is true, that we're affected by, by the enemy and, and sin and brokenness yeah. and wickedness. But I think that, like what you're saying, we can have hope that God is sovereign over all this because he's provided a way in spite of yeah. that for the war to be won through what mm-hmm. Christ done on the cross, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I don't think there's any better news than, than that to know that mm-hmm. even though we failed that there is victory because Jesus succeeded. And so mm-hmm. um, that's, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, so, so if you're interested in a, a commentary on the book of Job, uh, Pearson Leviathan, God's Defeat of Evil in the Book of Job is a great book to read for that. Uh, well, look, thank you for coming on the show, and we sure enjoy the conversation.
0: Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate it a great deal. Thank you. Really good right. to talk with
1: you. Thank you for listening to Kingdom Builders, and have a great day.